Hello, uh, TLC. Um, I would like to come and uh, share a word of encouragement to you guys. Uh, but I forgot that it's uh, being re recorded and I'm not seeing uh, any of you guys. I hope you can see me. The other day I was thinking of the graduates this year and I was uh, thinking of how to give a word of encouragement and a challenge to the graduates. And so I was led to think of the story of the losses uh, recorded in uh, Daniel, uh, especially in uh, chapter 1, for the reasons that will become clear. So uh, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine posted in his uh, a Facebook a picture of uh, his car from behind. It's an empty car. Uh, parked by uh, the curbside of his house. And then the note that this is the last day I gave my daughter a ride to school. She's graduating from high school today and I will have, uh, I will never have this chance again. She's driving and next year she will uh, drive to college. So you see, <laughs> Um, your progress, your growing up uh, might mean a loss to uh, um, us parents. It sounds uh, nostalgic but true. And I also remember a pastor's wife told of the experience of loss in another way. She said that one day her college age daughter called them uh, telling them that, that ca her car uh, broke down. And her husband immediately says, that, Oh, where are you? Are you safe? Can I come right, right now? And she says that, uh, I'm fine. It's okay, Daddy. Uh, John is on the way here. Uh, she says that John is her boyfriend. They uh, know John. They like John. But they still felt like a pang in the heart because <laughs> it is not them that they need anymore. It is John that she needs. So uh, I, I think I could feel that as well because uh, one night I was told that Dorothy uh, had a flat tire, okay? And then uh, she came home with uh, the spare tire, okay? She didn't call me, and so I asked, uh, why, why didn't you call me? Who did you call? She said that uh, I didn't call anybody. I changed myself. I said, really? I never taught you how to do that. She said, that is okay, Daddy. I got you too. So <laughs> at night, it was dark, and she looked at YouTube, and she changed uh, the spare tire. So, um, but the story of uh, the losses in Daniel is much graver and has a lot to do with um, graduates this year and with all of us. It is uh, the story of the tragic loss of a nation of faith to the invasion and deportation to exile by the pagan Babylonian empire. It is also the story of the bewildering personal loss of Daniel and his friends in the 
Babylonian court. But then it is also the story of how during that dark time, God works to bring about the loss, the defeat, the fall of uh, Babylon, pointing to the coming of the kingdom of the Messiah. And so I would like to uh, use this story and how Daniel and his friends lived in such a time. First of all, as a challenge to all graduates. And I hope it could become an encouragement as well because um, we know now that Daniel was doing great. And God used him in a mighty way for his generation, for his nation, for all the nations, and for generations to come. So I believe that the church around us in our generation has sustained huge losses, and Christians seem to be fending themselves in this bewildering loss. It is now not easy nor simple to keep your faith, to nurture your faith, and to live out your faith. It requires all of us to, uh, to see things differently and to live differently. Uh, let's start with the story of the loss of the nation of Israel. Verse 1 to uh, 2 of Daniel 1 says that in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand and some of the vessels of the house of the Lord. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. So the besiege was horrible. And the fall of Jerusalem was even worse. The proud city of David, Jerusalem, was burnt down. And they came into the temple of the mighty God of Israel and burnt it down. Not only that they took the sacred vessels used for worshiping God to bring back and put it in the temple of their God. So it is an utterly humiliating experience for the whole nation. Not only that, uh, the Babylonians tried to wipe out the future of the proud nation. They carried the cream of the crop to exile and forced them to assimilate. So we can understand that how the young Daniel and his friends, uh, how it could be very devastating to them. Uh, where is God? How come God did not protect them? How come God did not defend his own name and let Jerusalem and let his temple be burned out like that? 
and let the vessels used for his worship to be carried away and put into the temple of a pagan god. Where is God? Where is his power? Where is the promise he has for the nation? And for Daniel and his friends, they also lost their identity, their names. The Bible says that among these were Daniel, those who were uh, taken to exile. Uh, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. The chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel, he called Bantasarza. Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Mishael, he called Meshach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. So um, we know that uh, the names changed with uh, meaning. Daniel, whose name means God is my judge, is now called Bantasarza, the name that honors the Babylonian deity. Madak or Baal. Hananiah, which means the Lord has been gracious. Uh, now it could mean uh, who uh, the, the command of Aku. It is also a Babylonian God. Michel, meaning who is, what God is. Change into Meshach means who is what Aku is. So Azariah meaning the Lord has helped and Abednego now means servant of Nabu. So they use those names instead of honoring the God of Israel to honor the gods of uh, Bab the Babylon. So these names are not symbols not only of the, uh, the oppressor's culture, but also of the very gods that the Babylonians believed granted them power and victory. Daniel and his friends also lost their role models. There was no king around, no priests around, and there is no temple to worship God. Um, but the amazing thing is that during such dark time, God works His plan to the ultimate fall of Babylon and points to the kingdom of His kingdom. Even in the last verse of chapter 1, we read, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. So Daniel survived King Nebuchadnezzar, the violent king, and his whole empire, because the Persian empire defeated the Babylonian empire. And King uh, Cyrus uh, became emperor of the time. But before his fall, God used Daniel to achieve something unimaginable uh, at, at the time. 
when you read uh, chapter 2, verse 46 on, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Daniel remained at the king's court. So it is clearer and clearer now that now we live in an age of the disintegration, uh, uh, the coming apart of what is called Christendom. That is the, so, the Western society in Europe, in America, in Australia, and elsewhere, where the church uh, had been dominant, a big influence in society in every way, in um, position, in power, in privileges. But now we know that many great cathedrals, beautiful cathedrals in Europe are empty are used for secular purposes. And Judeo-Christian values are being battered by sexual revolutions, by secularism, by pluralism. We know that Harvard, Yale, and a lot of other uh, prestigious universities started as seminaries training pastors and Christian leaders now are become more and more uh, secularized than ever. Dominated by secular humanism and scientism. You know that uh, at the time when Daniel uh, came to Babylon, uh, as now we excavated and know that the temple of Marduk was huge. And so Daniel could be overwhelmed by the grandeur of such temple and knowing well that the temple of the Lord has been burned down. And I feel that high school graduates now go to universities can encounter a strange new world with uh, lots of uh, evolutions, evolutionism I would say, the clarification of technology. You think of iPhone, you think of uh, AI, artificial intelligence, of global connectivity. And there's also uh, a lot of bees and liquor as well. Okay. And so we live, we come to a world where faith is marginalized. Our identity in the Lord and the sense of mission, purpose of life seem outdated. 
And so I would like to challenge you in this venture. Uh, especially in the world of universities. The excavations of Babylonian libraries have yielded the text of literature that Daniel and his friends were forced to study. And now we know that the Babylonian literature comprised, comprised of uh, epic, myth, prayer, hymn, astrology, astronomy, mathematics, medicine, lexicography, historiography, and the study of animal entrails in order to discern the messages for the future. But it's very interesting that at the end of three years, instead of asking whether Daniel and his companions know the literature and the language of the Chaldeans, the king asks whether they were versed in wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding are the virtues associated with the knowledge of God and keeping the commandments. And so um, you are in for a huge challenge with all the things that will be offered to you in universities and beyond. And so the question is whether or not we engage or disengage, isolate ourselves in certain cultural or subcultural atmosphere. And um, they say that uh, it is a sad story of um, American history when Christian scholars didn't try to fight the battle, but withdrew from Harvard, Yale, and other universities. And they started Bible colleges. And it is a sad story because they say that the battle hasn't been uh, fought yet, and we withdrew. And that added to the marginalization of, of Christian scholars and the influence on culture, on the uh, media, and everything else. But Daniel didn't disengage. Somehow, he and his friends were able to be exposed to all those uh, Babylonian literature with their superstitions, with their limited of understanding, and become wise and understanding. And I believe that that is the challenge nowadays. It is not easy. It is not simple. It is not comfortable for you to engage fully, intellectually, in many universities nowadays. But as we are shown, bright scholars, 
thinkers could emerge with wisdom and understanding. How do you do that? I'm not quite sure, but that is the challenge. One thing that we can be sure of is the kind of spiritual formation that Daniel formed in him. So he took to his heart to keep his sacred identity with the Lord. He refused to eat uh, the food uh, for the king at the time. And we know that he made space for his own personal communion with the Lord. And it is not the kind of faith uh, called like name it and claim it to have the results right away. No. But it is a long obedience and communion with his Lord. And in such relationship that the Lord was willing to reveal himself to Daniel and his plan to Daniel, pointing to the, the defeat of all earthly kingdoms and the ultimate victory of God's kingdom in Christ. And so um, I believe that um, it is so very important for us in this day and age to develop a holistic spiritual formation that has uh, that is engaging with the world outside. That is engaging with the society outside. That is engaging with the intellectual um, world around us, no matter how challenging it is. And in that, uh, we should have the sense of knowing the Lord with our heart, of loving Him, of seeing His glory, and not being overwhelmed by the passing glories of, of the world of the great Babylon uh, around us. Um, I truly love the definition of spiritual um, formation. That is uh, very simple. Uh, to uh, spiritual formation is the process in which you are formed uh, into the image of Christ for the sake of others. That's it. Okay. Somehow by being alone, ref reflecting, studying, observing, obeying, praying, journaling, that you are formed by God's Word and God's Spirit. And it also has the uh, dimension of fellowship. Uh, you could see the relationship of uh, Daniel and his friends. 
And I believe that is a great sign because we are not called to be lone rangers. And one of the most important challenge for the church nowadays, I believe, is to see Christ formed, not in individual lives only, but in the fellowship of the church, in how we relate to each other, how uh, people of different personalities and backgrounds relate to each other because of Christ and for Christ. And, um, and so that is just a word of challenge um, to you guys. For college graduates, you are also uh, coming to a strange new world where a lot of things are clarified. But um, you just watch Tiger King and um, what's that guy again, Tony? Uh, that guy that was so rich, billionaire, and they found out that uh, he got, uh, he, he had uh, a secret sexual life that's bad, and he committed suicide. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's very famous. He's friends of uh, Bill Clinton and other uh, personalities. So you, you, know, you know who I mean. Okay, so he's so bright. He's so successful in Wall Street. And he is known in many famous circles, okay? But the life without the Lord can be really distorted, poisoned, misguided, empty, no purpose. Because if there is no God who created the world and has a plan for it to bring it to consummation when Christ returns, then everything else is by chance and everything else can be permitted, you know. Um, let me um, uh, end by... Um, some verses in uh, Isaiah 46, referring to the Babylonian gods. Baal bows down, Nebo stoops. The idols are on beasts and livestock. These things you carry are borne as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop, they bow down together. They cannot save the burden but themselves go into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your own age I am he. To gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and I will save. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh out silver from the scales, 
hired goldsmith and he makes it into a god. Then they, all, they fall down and worship. They lift it to their shoulders, they carry it, they set it in its place and it stands there. It cannot move from its place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save him from trouble. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Amen.